Tell me not in mournful numbers. Life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead that slumbers, and things are not what they seem. Life is real, life is earnest, and the grave is not its goal. Dust thou art, to dust returnest, was not spoken of the soul. Not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end of way, but to act that each tomorrow finds us farther than today. Art is long and time is fleeting, and our hearts, though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating funeral marches to the grave. In the world's broad field of battle, in the bivouac of life, be not like dumb, driven cattle. Be a hero in the strife. Trust no future, or pleasant. Let the dead past bury its dead. Act, act in the living present, heart within and God overhead. Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. Footprints that perhaps another sailing o'er life's solemn main, a forlorn and shipwrecked brother seeing shall take heart again. Let us then be up and doing with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing. Learn to labor and learn to wait. Good evening, friends. I'm your host, Balbuk Maseki, here at Thinking Out Loud Podcast. And uh, we are hosting Mr. Ama Mahupe today again. This is our third time hosting him, and he's going to talk about enlisting the will in overcoming addiction. Enlisting the will in overcoming addiction. And uh, this is a two-part discussion. So today we are dealing with part one, and then next week he will do part two, which will be his final presentation on this very topic. So let us just tune in uh, and um, relax and pay attention to what Mr. Amama Hupe has for us. Thank you, friends. Hello, hello. Um, we are on again today and we continue on our third session on this series on uh, dealing with addiction. We have looked at the brain, how the mind of uh, an addict develops and how it is now when you are addicted, how does it become?
um, and what is really, and we highlighted that it is these neural receptors that are all over your brain that are used to be fed by the drug that you are addicted to, and that was the ones those would cry for you to be uh, relieved from it. And then last week we learned about the cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a technique really that teaches you uh, what kind of an addictive understand yourself so that you know your triggers and how to tackle them so we did share more on uh, that you can go to the previous pre uh, episode to continue so just today before I get into the third session the third session is is a 12-step program so I'll cover the first six steps in today's session and the last six steps in the following and our which will be our last edition together. Uh, just to remind you, I'm still the same person. I'm Amamahupe from Holistic Detox Center. Remember to check our page, like it, see what we do there. If you are interested in any service, contact us. There are details. Everything is there where we are located and things like that. And uh, I want to talk to you today about the 12-step program. The 12-step program is really an emphasis on that uh, there's a, a, a divine power that you need to overcome addiction and to be specific is God himself so that's what this 12 step is and it's to try to, ex to have you an experience with this divine power so that you are empowered on your willpower to quit I'll just give you an example a story that we are told uh, in one of the books that I like to read called Alcohol Anonymous. You can go and read the book, a very good book. You will learn more about uh, helping alcoholics. But I like this story that is uh, uh, narrated there, and I've seen an example of this. Uh, there's a man, a businessman was called Dr. Jam. I mean, I mean a businessman uh, who went to Dr. Jam, who was a, a, a psychiatrist and uh, who had dealt with many addicts. And he was based in Europe. This businessman was from the US. He went to him. He said, Please uh, help me. I went to different sanitariums, different uh, rehabilitation centers. But I still find myself going back to, the, uh, to my addiction of drinking alcohol. He was a chronic alcoholic. And this businessman was very excited as he had Dr. Jan take him through the process. Uh, the, the rigorous process of Dr. Jan and they finished the process and Dr. Jan said if you know you are clean you can go back home stay clean you will be fine but when he arrived back in the US his friend met him and then he said to him, ah pass by me oh this is good let's pass by my place and his friend was a drunk and before he knew it he was already sipping one glass and that glass was followed by many so that evening, hopeless as he was, he was there. He said, but I just came from their rehabilitation. What's wrong with me? He called back to Dr. Jan and said, you know, I just left you and I'm back to my habit of drinking. What's wrong with me? Dr. Jan said to him, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I have never seen one single case that come where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. 
That was, that was Dr. John's response to him. And the man was shattered. He asked himself, what is this? Uh, so, a chronic alcoholic, does that mean there's no how I can be helped or be out of this challenge? Dr. John said, there is an exception. I've met uh, people with your same uh, chronic, uh, uh, chronic alcoholics with the same mindset as yours. But I've seen only a few exceptions. And those exceptions have been occurring, but rarely. Once in a while, an alcoholic will have a, a, what I call a vital spiritual experience. When this man appears to put aside ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding force, and completely uh, adopt a new set of conception and motives to begin to dominate him. So that was Dr. Jang's response to this man. He says, I've seen few. I call the experience they go through a vital spiritual experience because it's really very important to them. Uh, once they go through it, it's like they are completely different people. So this man remembered that, you know what, I used to be a Christian. Maybe if I could go back to my Christian God also, I can be helped. So this man now, as we see, it's very, very important. And he went back and he was now became very clean as he turned back to God. So the 12-step program that I'll be sharing with you is to just help you understand uh, how to empower yourself, to empower your willpower to stay clean and not go back to, uh, to your chronic behavior of addiction. So what are the 12 steps? I'll mention them and then I'll discuss the first six. Then I'll leave the last seven, uh, the last six for next week. The first step, admit powerlessness of addiction. Step two, accept hope. Step three, surrender to a higher power. Step four, take a moral, moral inventory. Step five, admit wrongs. Step six, be ready to remove shortcomings. Step number seven, ask one's higher power or ask God's help. Step number eight, list the amendments you need to make. List. Uh, the people you have offended. Step nine, make those amendments and reach out to those people. Step 10, continue the personal inventory of checking your moral inventory. Step 11, pray or meditate. And the last step is help others. Now, the first step, admit powerlessness over addiction. It's you to accept that you do not control your life and your life is unimaginable. You are um unable to manage your unmanageable you are unable to manage your your life due to this addiction you find that everything you have to do is controlled by this addiction so it is that acceptance that it's impossible for yourself of your own self to escape from this pit of addiction in which you are sunk in. and you will find out that when you accept that you are not the null or that you do not know everything about yourself. That is the first step in overcoming your addiction. It's very, very important in strengthening your willpower that you accept that you are powerless. The second step is have hope in God. Now that you know that you are unable and nothing that human beings can do, because you can go to someone and still not be able and find yourself, you've had people who have went to rehab maybe to South Africa, for those of us who are in this one, because there are very few hair rehabs uh, right in our country. So maybe some go to South Africa and they come back and they fall right back into drugs. 
and you ask yourself, what is the problem? Is they didn't accept that they are powerless over addiction. Therefore, they need a power that can keep them from this addiction. So they have this hope that God is able, is able to give you the power to overcome addiction. Now, the third step is to make a decision now to turn your willpower and life unto God. Now, this is the surrendering heart unto God, saying to God, now take over and make me a hope. This is very, very important because you'll find that the power of choice is still with you. That's why I usually say to the parents, you can force the boy and bring him here. Let us help him. If we are not able to reach to him to get his power of choice on our side, that he chooses our side, it would have been vain because this as soon as he leaves this place, he still has the power of choice to go and choose and go back to the drive. So surrendering to God is deciding that your power of choice, you are now giving it to be guided and led and empowered and strengthened by God himself. There is God who is able to do that. And once you have led somebody who is going through addiction, through these first three steps, you will be able to see that now you are making a huge progress in terms of uh, changing that person. That's why when I received the report that a young man that I helped in 2018 now is a strong Bible student, I was very, very much encouraged because I can see that now the power of choice has been molded and it's been guided by God himself that he now studies the Bible, he has his life together. It was not that young man who was about to destroy the entire of his life. So this is uh, very, very important that you lead the addict through these first three steps. And here at uh, Holistic, of course, we do that. Now, the fourth step is to make a moral inventory. A moral inventory is to look into your life, list where you fail, the things that make you unhappy in life, the things that make you take or use the drug or smoke the cigarette, you list and this is more on the moral part. Uh, it's different from the smoking diary, which we talked about uh, the other time when we are helping uh, those who are smoking, where we talked about you taking notes of when you ate and things. Now here, it's mostly about, uh, for example, I'll say you are unhappy with your boss because your boss is overbearing. Therefore, it always needs you to take uh, something crack to go to work and be able to be bold and work with that force because you believe he's unreasonable and looks down upon you. So really what has been affected now when you're doing a moral inventory is your self-esteem. So the moral inventory is to try and identify what is really affected in you, which is you think has been, uh, been solved by you taking the drug. So we lead you through the moral inventory to help you achieve that. I'm just sharing that as a snippet. Of course, when you are here, you go through more and you'll be able to guide you through and you'll be able to identify and know yourself even much better. So I was sharing on step four. It's very, very important because once you know, uh, once you make this moral invention, then you know yourself morally where you are bankrupt and what you can do about it so that you do not go back to drugs. So it's very, very important. Now, step number five is to admit your wrongs. Now that you have done your moral inventory, you'll be able to see that, oh, really, this is a problem in me. Now, to admit that 
it's, uh, I have loss of esteem, I have pride, I have all these other things that you can admit to. It's now another step that will really help you. So as an addict, we will be trying to lead you to uh, experience all these steps accordingly because as you go through them, then you understand. So admitting your own wrongs is a preparation. Now, this admission, you make it first to God. You have to admit uh, all these wrongs that you have done, maybe you have, uh, or all these short, uh, shortcomings in your life. There they are, you are listing them, you admit them to yourself. After God, you admit them to yourself. You have to accept that I am not perfect in these areas. So we, of course, try to help you in that regard also, so that you experience the full extent and you understand how to implement that, how to do it. But basically admitting the wrongs, once you have listed them, is admitting them. Then the third uh, part is you have to admit it to another person who is not going to judge you. And that person really we encourage to be a professional person like ourselves here at uh, Holistic Detox Center or somebody you truly trust whom you know would not judge you but would help you uh, understand as you have told him that I am quitting this drug uh, or this habit that I'm addicted to. So it's very very important that usually when they're here we go through this session they admit all these wrongs that they have had that like one young man admitted a lot me i was almost about about shaggy but i see that i think that uh, my time is i'm running i have to be to go somewhere soon but that uh, the, the 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 fifth step is to admit uh, your shortcomings now the sixth step is to prepare your mind for god's work because now that you have you are enlisting him because all these first six steps you've already surrendered to him is now going to give you the power and is going to convict you to say to you, this is not right. And you have to prepare your mind to be able to give up, uh, uh, to be able to allow God to remove any hindrance in your life, anything that would fuel you going back to addiction. So those are the first six steps. Admit 